Okay, we need to be concerned about that. How do we na- how do we negotiate or how do we navigate our anxiety? A lot of the stuff is stuff that we go, wait a second. Not only is being anxious something I need to pay attention to, but why am I anxious mm. about that? Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents Podcast, a Saddleback Parents Podcast, has arrived. And we're here to help you win at parenting. As parents ourselves, we know that parenting is the toughest, most important job on the planet. You can't possibly do it alone. And now you don't have to, because we're your people. Connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, visiting us at onpurposeparents.com, and tuning in every Wednesday with Kurt, Grace, and Chris for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. (laughs) (laughs) That music sounds like a sitcom. It sounds like I'm about to watch... The Jeffersons or something. I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, DJ voice coming in. Chris, 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 Chris is out of control. I'm afraid to oh, talk. Chris. Okay, <laughs> producer Chris. Slow it down, buddy. Slow it down. Producer Chris is having so much fun this Somebody. morning. <laughs> Somebody take that cheesy little soundboard Someone had a away lot of coffee him. this morning. That's like a that's like a, a hundred dollar soundboard from Walmart. It's and amazing. somehow he's turned it into DJ Chris over there. We apologize. People listening. They're like, what is going on is, here? I don't know what our brand is, but that is off brand. Whatever our brand is. We can make it our brand. No, please. We no, we can't. I like having fun as much as the next guy. I'm not quite sure what happened there. You okay, producer Chris? You all right today? Yeah, I'm doing I'm I'm much better now. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad you got that out of your system. I I pray you got that out of your system. Okay. Well, that's a weird intro to a serious <laughs> conversation we're going to have today. Yes. So today we are taking, we kind of call these one hit wonders, where really what we do is we look at the questions that have been submitted. Our last episode, if you're listening or mm-hmm. watching um, lin- in a linear fashion, sequentially, mm-hmm. um, last episode was our official Q&A episode. And what we kind of have found ourselves doing is we'll oftentimes have like four questions and then one of them we say, ooh, that one's big enough that it needs more than a four minute conversation. Mm-hmm. We might want to dedicate a whole show to that. And so that's what we did today is we, mm-hmm. we peeled off one of a, one of the questions that we got submitted and said, let's not lump that in with the other three, which were great questions last mm-hmm. episode, but let's, let's tackle this one um, separately and give it a little bit more attention. And today's question, Grace is one that just in our sort of side conversations You've got some thoughts about mm-hmm. some experience with, um, and me, not quite as not quite so much. Partly, I think I'm saying all this before we even read the question, mm-hmm. but partly because we're different generations, and how we were even raised to talk about some of our struggles or some of our feelings. So on the one hand, I go, well, I've never experienced that. A more accurate statement might be, I've probably totally experienced it. I've just never known how to express Mm. it or how to identify it because I don't think I was raised in a Mm. generation where we 
allowed ourselves to really acknowledge some of those feelings mm. and struggles. So I just don't have as much input, I think, as you do. So today we're going to kind of let you run point and I'll, I'll chime in here or there, but today is really the Grace Yoon show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wisdom from Grace. Is that why we had all that music yes, at the beginning? apparently. <laughs> so Chris, why don't you read the question and then we'll jump into it. Yeah. So this question came in through parents at saddleback.com and, uh, and, and the question is, how do I get over this crippling anxiety of parenthood? Will this anxiety ever pass, and am I alone in this feeling? Mm. Oh, boy. Well, we want to say to the parent that sent that in, first of all, thank you so much for writing in. Like we always say, we want to be a community of parents, not just a one-way conversation, but we want to hear from you all, not just your questions, but you know, we may be saying th certain things during an episode that you have some input and some advice or suggestions that we can share with parents as well. So we really appreciate that question. And man, oh man, hmm. anxiety and parenthood. They First of all, I'll say you are not alone. Right. Uh, it true. is something that Almost if you talk to any parent, whether we're able to fully identify or express it or not, it is something we are all struggling with and facing. And so we do want to share some thoughts and some advice or suggestions this morning. But before we do, we do want to preface that we're not mental health professionals. Kurt says this all the time. We're not professionals. We're just parents sharing our stories, sharing our thoughts. So if it is something more intense or more severe, we definitely encourage you to seek professional help or counseling. And for this morning, we're just happy to share some of our own thoughts and yeah. experiences on the matter. That's good. Good. Yeah. So I have, I don't know about this being the whole Grace Yoon show because Kurt and Chris, I know will have really good insights as well. Um, but I did have three steps. When you are a parent and you're facing this feeling of anxiety that seems overwhelming and won't leave you alone, what are just some three practical steps or ways of thinking and action that you can do to help break that cycle a little bit and maybe get you on a path that's more um, positive and more productive? And so my first step is an awareness question you could ask is ask yourself if you are chasing fool's gold. Hmm. Let me explain what that means what I mean by fool's gold. So my kids listen to these stories, audio stories done by this company called Your Story Hour. They are great, by the way, if any parent wants to check them out. They have MP3s on file um, and they tell like fiction stories, biography stories, biblical stories. I actually listened to it when I was younger. That company was still around on like cassette tapes and I had saved them and got my kids like, you know, listening to them when they were younger because I saved them throughout my entire you know, like life. But now there's a website and they sell them on MP3. So anyway, so there's a story and it's about these two boys that one of the boys was peer pressuring the other guy to go into this uh, mining cave because he found gold. And long story short, like the kid was like, oh, I don't know, I shouldn't do this. We shouldn't trespass all this stuff. But he goes anyway. Things turn out disastrous. They get hurt. All the parents find out. The neighbor finds out the person who owns that that mining cave. And at the end of the day, it all turned out that the thing that they were chasing after that caused all this chaos and ruckus, it wasn't even real gold. It was something really shiny 
really attractive, but it was fool's gold. And we know like the rock that's fool's gold, that's like all shiny and things like that. And for me, that's a really great illustration that in the same way, sometimes when we get stuck in these anxious thoughts for our kids, it can be like chasing so hard after a treasure mm. that ultimately is so worthless. And it leaves you with nothing of good value. And to me, it's like when I've experienced this, it's like our anxious thoughts may be also revealing in us this longing for control deep in our hearts that might be turning into an idol. And when I say idol, it just means something we obsess over, something we pine after, something we need to have. And this hyper focus on control when it comes to our kids, it's totally understandable because we want to protect our kids. We want them to be safe. We want them to be okay. But when we try to have control over things that we just can't, it's ultimately so toxic for our souls and it leaves us with nothing of good value. Yeah. It's like fool's gold. And so I think the first step is asking, when I'm having these anxious thoughts, am I chasing, just to first stop yourself and say, am I chasing after fool's gold? Am mm. I, what am I doing? Is it actually resulting in something of value? Right. Or am I just spinning in circles and ultimately, from where I started to where I ended, am I no better off right. with nothing of value? Right. And another way to think of fool's gold is sometimes we get anxious or we have anxiety over things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. So we might be mm -hmm. very anxious over is our daughter going to get a, a B or a C in math class? Right. So we go to the spinning. It's not productive. But ultimately, even the even the item that we're anxious about is fool's gold, because at the end of the day, a B or a C for your seventh grade daughter in math class is fool's gold. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's not going to affect their long term health, wealth, happiness, any of the above. Yeah. Um, so that might be also, too, is like yeah. what is what you're because some stuff that we get anxious about is very important. Now, should we be anxious about it? That's that's different, right? But the item that's causing mm -hmm. the anxiety is an important item. Okay, we need to be concerned about that. How do we how do we negotiate or how do we navigate our anxiety? A lot of the stuff is stuff that we go wait a second. Not only is being anxious something I need to pay attention to, but why am I anxious mm -hmm. about that when it's really just fool's gold? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so that first step to me is really like an awareness thing because it's just a check. It's the first step because yeah. sometimes when we get in these anxious thoughts, we can't even have those questions like, does it really matter right. or not? We're just in the in, habit. In the, that's in just the how we weigh the yeah. way that we live life yeah. as parents. So that first question really is to check yourself. Mm. First, are you chasing full scold? Um, the step step two that I have is, now that you are aware of this, like maybe you're in a situation where you might be chasing after fool's gold, is to identify then in that situation what is in your ability to control and what is not. When Karis was about three, three, three and a half to four, and it was Zoe's first birthday party, we had a big birthday party at church. We had, um, in Korean culture, the first birthday is a really big deal. Like there's different traditions that we do at the party. And so we had a ton of people over, a ton of food. 
um, I had these little fruit on these skewer sticks like grapes and kids were running around having fun. And at one point I saw Karis in the middle of the room and parents were wanting to take a picture, a group of parents, friends. So they were like, Karis, come on over. And she was like, kind of like standing still. And we were like, that's kind of a weird reaction. Like instead of just running over to take the picture. And so like we looked more carefully and she was choking like on food. And so in that moment, like Sam and I run over and I remember my first instinct though was first to look at the row of parents that were standing. Cause I, what I wanted to do is who knows what to do here? Who looks confident? Cause I'm not confident right now. And seconds matter so much when someone's choking. And when I looked like nobody, nobody looked confident. So it's like, okay, I guess, I guess it's me. And I'm trying to do the Heimlich, it's not working. So I'm like, Sam. So Sam tries to do the Heimlich, it's not working. At this point, like Karis's lips are like kind of turning blue and she's struggling. And it's like so terrifying, right? That feeling of adrenaline. And then I was like, oh, my friend Hannah, she's a doctor and she's visiting from out of town. So I just like scream Hannah. Sam grabs her, runs out. She's outside and she just sees like, you know, just a bunch of panicked people running towards her. We just like throw her onto her, just, you know, not even clear of what we're seeing. And she does the Heimlich maneuver <clears throat> once really hard and all this fruit comes out, all this fruit that we had in skewers. And for the longest time after that experience, I used to like blog about like my kids and show pictures. When I got to that part of blogging, I stopped blogging because I couldn't think about that situation mm. because every time I reflected back on it, it would just put me into, like we said, this loop of what if, what if Hannah wasn't there? What if we couldn't do it? What if she was playing outside? What if she wasn't around people and she just so started choking? And you just get into this loop and it's like so anxious. And I spend hours thinking like that, mm. not even conscious. And in that case, so step two, I really needed to identify what's in my control and what's not. So using that as an example, one thing that's helped me identify what is in my control is to ask the question, is there actually a tangible doable action step I can take. And if I can identify an action step, then then do it. <clears throat> Go take that action step. There is something very empowering about identifying something you can do and then doing that. So with Karis and that whole choking and not being able to kind of break out of that cycle, an action step I could do is, oh, I could take a, you know, a class that teaches me better how to do the Heimlich maneuver. That's something I can do. Um, I can teach, I could set up some ground rules and teach my kids when you eat, you need to sit down and eat. And then when you play, you can run around and play, but don't mix the two together. That's something I can do. I could establish, as a parent, I could establish that rule. But if I ask myself, is this worry, is this train of thought leading me to an action? Hmm. And if the answer to that is no, then chances are you are chasing after fool's gold and you are worrying about something that's not yeah. in your control. So how you can differentiate. Yeah. That's good. Um, when you were saying that, I was thinking of fear, right? Mm. Like there are times when fear is a good thing. Fear is a good, when you're standing over a cliff wondering how much closer should I get? Can I get a little closer, a little, and all of a sudden you feel fear. That's a protective emotion. Mm. It, 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 it's when you, when you look at a busy street and you're thinking, should I try to run across this busy street? I'm kind of afraid to try. Well, that's, that's, it's a mechanism that's protecting you. Mm -hmm. And then there's fear that is really harmful mm. and it, it, 
it, sometimes fear protects you. And then there's a fear that prevents you from doing what you could do or should do. Or, and I think, um, worry and anxiety can be the same thing, right? There are times when worry is appropriate. You wake up in the middle of the night and your teenage son who has a 11 o'clock curfew isn't home and mm -hmm. you fell asleep and now it's 3 a.m. Should you be worried for a minute? Yeah, you should. As long as it drives you to do something about it, right? That right. initial, oh my gosh, my son's not home. That's, that's worry, but you don't want to live there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And, and anxiety sometimes, and I, you know, again, I'm not a clinician, but how I think about it is worry should almost be like, of course, you're going to worry for a minute. And then if you're living there, it becomes anxiety. Right. right? Like anxiety is more of a permanent state of worry. Mm -hmm. And it's different, but it kind of, they kind of hold hands. Um, and that's where it gets, that's where it gets really tough is, Absolutely. Am, am, am I, am I living here or am I visiting? Mm -hmm. Because visiting might drive me to action. Mm -hmm. It might cause me to recognize something that's unsafe or unhealthy or out of whack and I can deal with it. Usually when you live there, not always, but oftentimes when you live there, it's because you haven't been able to pull yourself out of that loop to really evaluate and make some changes to address the situation that's causing you the worry and the anxiety. Cause we, you know, paralyzed by fear, we get paralyzed by worry and mm -hmm. paralyzed by anxiety, paralyzed by depression. There's so many things that we experience that are in essence paralyzing. And it, when we get to that state, it is really hard to pull up out of that mm. and kind of take a 30,000 foot view and say, okay, how can I fix some of this stuff to relieve the worry, the anxiety, the fear, the stress? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true what you were saying we're not clinicians, but there are a lot of clinical support for what you said. I mean, we are wired, right? Like our amygdala, like our fight or flight mode to, and that's a good thing. We're right. wired to respond to emergencies, to have that heightened worry yeah. that then leads us to action, yeah. to fight or to flight. Yeah. But if yeah. you stay there, which is what I feel it is so easy to do as parents, you're just constantly in that heightened state right. of stress, you can't think clearly because right. you're in that fight or flight mode and it can be crippling. Like yeah. the parent who wrote and said, where if you're just living in that heightened state, yeah. you are spinning your wheels, you're stuck and it must be so yeah. exhausting and it can be so tiring. That's good. Well, one of the things I love about scripture is it addresses everything hmm. it, is, and it addresses a lot of stuff very specifically. And then if it doesn't address it specifically, it addresses other things that kind of fall in the same category. So there's principles and then there's very specific things. And one of the things that scripture addresses very specifically is worry. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not a clinician. I'm not even a theologian. I'm a pastor, but I'm not a theologian. Um, I, I wonder if the idea of anxiety and that word didn't exist way back in the day, mm -hmm. um, because if it did, I think in this case, I think these might be transferable worry and anxiety, but the Bible does say again, paraphrase There's a verse in the Bible that says, does worry ever add a day to your life? Does worry add a day to your life? And the, uh, no worrying about something does not, fix it. Worrying about something does not add an extra day to your life. There's nothing beneficial about the state of, of worry. Um, and it's just a good reminder that, man, 
as tough as it is when we can. And again, anxiety, there's some, there's some roots to anxiety there. You know, you can't always just willpower your way out of anxiety. Um, that's why if you really are in a loop Mm -hmm. of anxiety or a state of anxiety versus, you know what? I have a tendency to worry sometimes. Those are two different things. Um, and if you're finding yourself in a state of anxiety, you do need to go and talk to somebody Mm -hmm. who's trained, who can help you navigate that. Um, and, and, and really figure out what are some of the root causes and what are some tools that, that they can give you to, to navigate and, and, and equip yourself to. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Grace, what would you say to the, to the listener who's out there saying like with your situation in particular, that man, as a parent, that's probably what makes me nervous is that I should have been prepared for a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not going to be prepared for the next one. Either I, I should have kept my eye on them more than I did. I was, you know, it, it, I mean, it kind of made me think of when uh, uh, back in the day I was a youth pastor and we did a car wash as a fundraiser and I'd have my kids out there helping. And when, when my youngest, Macy Joy, was little, uh, she was helping. She, she's really tiny and she would do the tires, mm-hmm. right, on, on the cars and stuff. And I, I sidetracked, you know, watching other cars and I heard someone scream, stop. And I looked this Jeep was backing up and Macy Joy was behind the tire and it had run oh. over half her leg. Oh, no. Almost. I mean, if he didn't stop, he would have ran over her entire body and dead. And man, I mean, I'm starting to mm-hmm. get choked up right now just, just thinking about it. Mm. But um, r- r- I just felt so bad mm. afterwards, mm. like a failure as, yeah. as a dad, you know, like my number one thing I need to protect her so mm-hmm. um, but if you have a number of these situations which happen because we're parents and right. mm-hmm. you know we, we know that we're going to make mistakes and 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 it makes us feel like all, all that stress of parenting mm-hmm. right can, so what would you say to the parent that is that's feeling that kind of anxiety mm-hmm. of just either I'm not good enough or I've messed up so many times and yeah, kind of living in that. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's something that we can all relate to when, and we've talked about this on this podcast before too, but when we feel like we fail, you know, we feel like a failure. And I think, you know, Kurt was saying this last time, there are going to be times where we probably look back and and think we could have done something different. We could have done something better. But I think the hard part is, is when we absorb that into our identity and feel that we ourselves are failures, it can then spiral us down to not doing anything more productive after that. Because if you feel like you're a failure, then why try? Why try to do better? Basically, there's no hope. If you're a failure and you messed up and that means you're a failure, then why should you even try? But the reality is you yourself are not a failure. Accidents happen. There are things we can learn from it. But, you know, we are continuing to try in our journey. And if you try, then you're not a failure. And you can kind of pull yourself up, surround yourself with people that will encourage you, help you see that um, your mistake is not Mm. your identity. And what I'll say linked to what we're talking about today is that those situations like Kara's choking, like an accident of, you know, a car running over your child's leg, 
that can really drive us to this anxiety, right? And getting into that loop because we then want that control. We want to believe the lie that as a parent, we should be like God, that we should be able to control everything, that we should foresee everything, that we should be able to monitor everything. And it almost feels like it's a good thing to want that. And that's why I think this is such an easy loop trap mm-hmm. to get into. But that's what I meant is, but it's not reality. We're human, we're limited, and we're not God. We can never and will never be able to control everything. And yeah, so unless good. we can accept that, we'll be sort of sucked into this toxic loop of trying to control something that's beyond our control and drive ourselves crazy, even if that's coming from such a good place, you know, a place of love. We're grasping for that thing that we can't have as right. humans because we're good. not God. It's good. It's a really good question. Kurt, did you want to say anything nope. to that? Nope. Or keep, Okay. Keep All right. So my last step. So the first step, kind of break that cycle. Like, are you chasing after fool's gold? Step two, you know, find out what is in your ability to control versus not by asking the question, is this leading me to action? And if it is, do that action. And so my last step is what do you do about those things then that you've identified as being out of your control? Because that doesn't feel great, you know? Like, what can you do in that case? And so in that situation, for the things that you've identified as just kind of spinning you into a loop, um, the thing that has helped me personally the most is practicing the power of now, which is really pulling your thoughts, pulling your um, just frame of mind into the present moment. And I'll give a work example. You know, a few years back when I got a promotion and I had to do a lot more presentations, that first presentation or or several after that, I was so anxious. And it was like, ah, in three days I have to give this presentation. Oh my gosh, am I going to be prepared? What what questions are they going to ask me? And then two days, and so it was like the countdown. It was like eight more hours. And I remember getting advice from someone is to just don't think about that moment. Just think about where you're at right now. Practice the power of now. Mm-hmm. And I really leaned into that where it was like, Kurt, if you came up to me and you were like, hey, hey, Grace, how's it going? You know, like, how are you? A normal question. I would have to like, Focus my, I would have to reel in my thoughts because I was just obsessed over that presentation. Because your, your tendency would to say, oh, I'm stressed out. I have to give a presentation in two days. Yes, in two days. And then if you ask me one day before, I have to give a presentation one day, eight right. hours, but I have to give a presentation eight hours. Right. But I had to, like, it was a discipline. I had to be like, right now, Kurt, thank you for that question. Oh, I feel warm. I'm breathing. I just ate lunch, so I'm satisfied. I mean, it, it's almost silly, but I had to be so tangible as to like what's going on right now. Like, oh, the the breeze right now just felt really nice. Like I had to center myself in where I'm at. And in that way, that's how I survived. Mm. Like right now, in this moment, I'm okay. Right. And and that's something I've tried to practice with my kids when I my thoughts spiral to what if they go to school and they start choking and that whole very easy to get wrapped up in that trigger, that fear of choking, even to this day, if like kids cough, I'm like, who's choking? Like, it's like my, I like jump up. Sure, sure. Yeah. But what I have to remind myself, especially for things that are not in my control is, oh, right now, I can't control everything that might happen with my kids, but in this moment, we're together. Right. We're okay. We're laughing. Right. 
and let me stay in this place yeah. as opposed to being pulled to some place that hasn't happened yet yeah. and may not ever happen. That's good. Well, you know, we, we have these filters in our brains that filter out stuff that's not important to us. Um, so that's why we can, we can have a conversation while there's music in the background at a mall, right? Mm-hmm. Because our brain is filtering out the stuff that doesn't really matter. If, if, if that filter didn't, we'd go crazy because then everything matters. And that's why when you, when you buy a new white car, all of a sudden you notice, wow, there's a lot of white mm-hmm. Toyota Corollas because you just bought a Toyota Corolla. So all of a sudden white type Toyota Corollas are of interest to you. So now you see them everywhere. Mm. When you have a child almost get hit by a, almost get run over by a car. Mm. When you have a child who was choking and could have been very seriously, mm-hmm. the outcome could have been serious. Suddenly kids getting hit by cars at car washes, choking, it wasn't really on your radar before. And now that you've experienced it, now it's important to you. So and I'm not hearing, I'm, I, I didn't hear you say this, but I just want to reiterate, like, there's a, di- again, there's a difference between paying attention and being concerned about something mm-hmm. and worrying and being anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're forever marked by the fact that your daughter choked and it was very serious. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was a traumatic moment and you are now aware of that, of course. And, and you learned, and it's probably okay to pay a little bit of extra attention to how much fruit you give her mm-hmm. in one, right? Of course, of course. You just can't let yourself get in the loop of being dominated and anxious about it, right? right. And there, and there, and there is, there is a difference. As we wrap up, and we we maybe should have led with this, but we'll we'll end with this, and that's maybe just as good as. <clears throat> I think it's okay to acknowledge raising kids is anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, and I think it's harder to raise kids today than it was when I was raising my kids. My teenagers, until they were really old enough, for the most part, to navigate it, didn't really have much. Social media wasn't really a thing. Mm. Um, the world is crazier now than it was. The world is different. The smartphones, access to everything. We, I mean, there is a here I go again with my studies that I cannot, <laughs> that I cannot source. But there was a study, and it showed the level of teenage anxiety and mm. depression teenage anxiety and depression, how it has increased since the smartphone got introduced. And it is just every year high into the right. It, it boom, 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 boom. From the moment that wow. we put in our kids' hands the ability to look at Instagram, to look at Facebook, to go on Twitter, to go on TikTok, to compare themselves, to go all the things, that that has just increased. Mm-hmm. And we as parents, of course, as the world has affected our kids – it's a more anxious time to be a child than it ever has been. Mm. It's a more anxious time automatically, therefore, to be a parent. So because, like I said at the beginning, I, I didn't really, I didn't experience it that much. Partly because it was an easier time. My kids are only in their 20s, so I'm only rolling the clock back 10 years, 15 years. The world was different 10, 15 years ago. It was not as anxious of a time to raise kids. And we just have to navigate to the best that we can the world in which we're raising our kids. And it is tougher to raise kids today than it ever has been. So um, man or woman, Mr. or Mrs., mom or dad, <laughs> whoever asked that question, um, 
we're praying for you mm-hmm. because being a parent is no easy task. That's right. And it yeah. does induce anxiety, but the Bible says that God gives peace Mm-hmm. to those who ask and wisdom to those who ask. And when we lean into that, mm-hmm. doesn't automatically erase all the challenges, doesn't erase our worry instantly. It helps. Mm-hmm. It helps asking God for his peace that he promises and his wisdom that he promises as we navigate raising our kids. And we'll close by saying, if you are a parent who is, you would identify as, you know what, it's not just a, I worry here or there, but I, I, I really do have anxiety and anxious. I live there. Hmm. We would encourage you to go get some help. My, my hunch would say that that struggle shows up in other areas in your life other than just your parenting. It probably shows up in a lot of your areas of your life. Um, and so you want to, you want to make sure that you're getting the help and the support and the encouragement and the tools that you need to, to navigate all that. So, yeah. All righty. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Grace, well done. <laughs> Chris, thank you. Thank you. Do not hit any of that weird music <laughs> on the way no out. Out, There's outro music. no outro. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Oh, no. Hey, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.